Welcome to CIO Leadership Live, Women in Technology Canada. I'm Lee Rennick, Executive Director, CIO Communities for CIO.com. And I'm very excited to welcome Rita Lazar-Tippi, Chief Digital Officer, Cashco Financial. Rita, please introduce yourself and could you tell us a little bit about your current role? Thank you so much, Lee, for having me. As you've said, I'm Rita Lazar-Tippi. I have over 30 years of experience in digital uh, transformation, and that also comprises of data innovation, which has been really, really interesting and has, you know, consistently has evolved over the, the duration. Um, my experience comprises of both private, public, and not-for-profit sectors, which has been very interesting as well. And I'm currently the Chief Digital Officer for Cashco Financial. Uh, so my responsibility spans in regards to digital vision and strategy, the data portfolio, the AI, as well as ensuring efficiency and effectiveness and operational um, optimization as it pertains to the management side of digital as well. So Cashco is a very interesting business. It is a social enterprise, which is just a little bit different, um, with an incredible purpose. And really, the purpose is to end financial exclusion by putting a million Canadians on the pathway to financial health. I have the privilege of serving on board of the McDougal House, which is a second stage treatment facility for women in recovery, which is really, really important, um, as well as I also serve on the Alberta Automobile Insurance Rate Board. Thank you so much for sharing that and uh, interesting what Cashco does and also obviously the work that you've done in the nonprofit sector. We had a chance to meet when I was executive director at the CIO Association of Canada and you had ongoing uh, board seat there, you know, and really supporting technology leaders as well in their journey. So I appreciate that very much. And I really appreciate you joining us here today, Rita. We've created this series to support diversity in technology and obviously listen to women who are working in the sector who, built, who are building support for DE&I. This year, the 2023 IWD theme was to embrace equity. So the first question, can you please tell us a little bit about your own career path and maybe provide some insights or tips on that road path as a woman? Are there any lessons learned that you could share? I'll try to keep that list short, but there's a, there's a bunch certainly that I'm, I'm happy to share. As far as my career goes, I started fairly young. So I was in the technology career and I, I remember being the youngest member of the team, and that was for quite some time, and eventually that shifted. Um, I've done various different roles, everything from uh, coding from a development perspective to desktop support to applications to you know, server network support, architecture, dabbled in security. And it was really, it's been such a fulfilling career from a perspective of having those different perspectives and insights. And I think that really has contributed to my understanding of technology in, in a bit of a different light. And also being, I think, more impactful in terms of being a partner to the, the organizations that I've been a part of as well. And not just from a lens from an IT, but really from a business aspect, which has been um, really, really interesting, learning all of the different businesses and how they operate and providing that value. So I, I did, when I started my career, um, from a leadership perspective, I was promoted to being the first female IT leader in a newspaper chain, which is uh, very male dominated and was really the start of my career, if you will, in terms of a leadership, leadership journey. And I think what's always been a key driver for me is about having a positive impact, you know, having that aspect of being focused on what is it that contribution what does that look like how do I show up and what's that value that really speaks to the business side but also building relationships is so so critical and so that having a multi-phased view is is an important component and thinking about what is it that I bring to the table you know what's the perspective and the knowledge and the ability 
And that really comes from, for me anyway, the ability that I have in terms of love, loving the learning process. And anything I'm, I'm usually, as you know, I've got multiple book, books on the go and audiobooks and podcasts and what have you. So I think that's that's kind of been the, the core to how my mindset works is really knowledge and consuming as much as possible. And then how do I internalize it, understand it, and then repurpose it in multiple different ways. Yeah, that's really inspiring. Yesterday I was, I sat on a, I was a panelist. That was a bit change for me on a, at a, the Women in Tech conference, the WIT Network. Uh, and in fact, everything you're saying resonates so well. It's like, you know, how do you show up to organizational meetings? How do you, how are you present? You know, what have you done to research and learn? So when you come to the table, it's very intentional. It sounds certainly that that's the way you, you view it as like being, you know, being the first woman to be put into this role and with all these men, then you have to, I think sometimes try even extra harder to be even more so intentional in the way in which you learn, gather information and communicate it. And, and for me, it's always been interesting because throughout the career, obviously the tech sector has changed quite a bit and the, the balance, if you will, between you know, males, females and otherwise has, has shifted. But I'm, it was never top of mind. For me, it was always about what am I bringing to the table as an individual and how do I, just as you've outlined, how do I want to show up mm. and what's that value? Because the value is really in my mind has always been the differentiator and the perspective, bringing the different light and different perspectives really changes the dynamics of how you contribute. So it's not about being a yes person. It's not about aligning to other people's views. It's also bringing a different aspect that maybe others haven't considered or, or haven't taken into account. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. So we are going to shift our next question to women in technology. So um, I read a Globe and Mail report. It was an opinion piece, but it was based on research uh, that said the percentage of women in tech has largely stagnated for 20 years. This is in Canada. Uh, the article reflected on the environment for women in tech that can often be unwelcoming and that women often choose different paths because of this. Now, currently only 24% of tech workers in Canada are women. I'd really love to talk to you uh, from a leadership perspective, you know, what do you think employers or organizations can do to retain women in tech? And then what are some of the strategies, and you just touched on some, but what are some strategies women can undertake to, to have a really rewarding role in technology? Yeah, I think companies, there's there's various different things that some have already undertaken and a good portion have, um, but it takes time. It takes time for that shift to occur. But a, a big piece, I think, that really we need to think about is the mentorship program. I think there's so much in terms of developing and understanding each other and what is it, uh, how do you provide guidance, career opportunities, and, and for female professionals, I think that is really, really important. And female leaders being readily available for other women within the organization really to be approached, to provide advice, to provide guidance, uh, because they have a sense, they, they have different paths, potentially they would have undertaken, but some of the experiences are consistent. And so having even someone they can share the experience or give that a different uh, aspect of how they've handled situations, I think is really vital. And having that support group within the organization becomes really, you know, another aspect that critically plays into it. I think the the whole notion around continuing to support women entrepreneurs is is vital as well. There's different perspectives, and I'm starting to see more of that uh, within our region that's happening. But and I know you're a part of this. Also, the role models, right? From a, a giving girls role models, having that ability to really it starts at home. And and how do you how do you encourage that behavior in schools? And how does that show up? But there's so much right now in terms of the media and the advertising that continues to be the movies, uh, certain content online, 
that skews some of it, which is unfortunate. There's positives and negatives. So we have to manage what do we hear in the social media and how do we interpret that? And what message do we convey to other women and, and girls as they go through their evolution and, and that journey? But I think the other thing that we want to think about is focus on media resources specific that seek out women. You you doing, you know, you're doing some of that work and that shows and hones in on those individuals that have gone through some of these journeys. What are some of the lessons learned? How do you show show up? How do you share? And how do you continue evolving? So multi multifaceted, I, I think it's not just up to the employers, but it's up to the individuals to also seek out those mentors, the, the opportunity to think about how do they show up and uh, what what is it that they want to achieve? Not so much what's some potentially some of the limitations that exist. Yeah, I agree. I think that's true. And just that, you know, what I pulled out of the conference yesterday is that we are all leaders or mentors or woman tours. You know, we, we all have that ability to do that. And I some, think sometimes we, you and I just chatted about this last week, we get so busy in our roles and doing what we're doing and trying to be very supportive that we forget. It's just little things that can change the mindset of a young girl about technology and how she could potentially have a career there. I just was while you were speaking, I was going to relay a story to you what at uh, Thanksgiving, my granddaughters were with my niece and her partner, and they were writing songs on their phone about pickles, and they're making some really cool digital artwork to go with it. And I thought, isn't this great? It's just like that technology was accessible, it was in the moment, they were eating pickles, they made a song. And now, you know, she, a seven year old understands how to use this piece of technology, right? So I think all of those things all add together to create something really impactful and create a positive, hopefully, experience in place for, for girls to learn and understand uh, about technology. Thank you for letting me share that, by the way. I'll share Agreed. this with you. When it's on the top 50, I'll share this. <laughs> so, um, you know, I really wanted to talk to you about your role as a leader, and we we're just touched on this a little bit, but, you know, that career journey of impact that you've had. You mentioned that you've sat on some boards and I know you're very passionate about leadership, about ESG and supporting organizations at the board level. So can you just talk about some of the ways you're using your leadership role and building impact of tech for good? Yeah, that's it's an ongoing, as you said, that's an ongoing journey. And I think being thoughtful about, you know, what's what's um what's your brand? What do you want your brand to be and, and what does that look like? And I think there's so much that has been both documented and discussed about authentic leadership, but it really is that it's, you know, who, who are you? How do you show up? How do you engage with people? And it's no matter what you do at the end of the day, you can't do it. You're not going to be successful on your own. And so really being thoughtful of what's my style, how, how do I want my leadership to be impactful to others and what do others need from me? And having that as a forefront, the communication, the open you know, engagement, the ability for people to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves, I think is really impactful. And so when I think about it's not doing planning or it's not doing strategy in isolation, it's doing it with others. Because you want, as Carla Harris says, you want everybody's you know, fingerprints on the blueprint and, and having the ability to have psychological safety in a way that you can be professional, but be challenged, like challenge each other's thought process and being able to, to define the, and explain why, but yet be open-minded to shift the mindset and ask why, ask, be curious, really not to be stuck in your mindset, 
but really be thoughtful in terms of an approach that really aligns with a lot of people. And I think for the most part, most people want to contribute. How they show up and how they contribute is as a leader is also up to you to, def- to decide to be able to provide that right path that works for those individuals so they can contribute. And, and they feel like there's definitely a safe place for them in order to be able to do that. So for me, it's always been authenticity is so core because you've got to be who you are. People feel it, they see it, they know it. And then how do you keep, when, when you make mistakes, be, be upfront about it. You know what? This didn't really work out great. Or this is, this is in my, my experience, this is what I've done. This is how it's worked out. Or if in that specific instance, it's, it's not, you're, you're shifting your mindset, just say that, just say, you know what? I originally had this thought, but now that we've had this conversation that has evolved my thinking. And I think people appreciate that because that really gives them a chance to understand that you are listening and you're, you're incorporating what their, their feedback is or what their perspective. And I have, it's kind of a little joke now, but I always tend to go last. And part of that is really because I don't want my perspectives and opinions to influence others. I want to hear what everybody else has to say. So my, my team always knows. They go, yeah, we, we know you're probably going to go last. But it, but I think it's important because that gives me the ability to really hear what others are saying and then also articulate it back to them is here's what I've heard and here's how I'm thinking about it. Is that right? Does that resonate? So there's a lot of really kind of uh, small nuances, but there's also bigger, I think, perspective of how you want to show up as a leader. And I'm I'm a team member and I say that to my team. I'm there's different levels of responsibility that I have, but I'm also here to support you because I can't be successful without you. That's really interesting. And I love that idea of being the last one to speak. I think I'll have to practice that a little bit more. <laughs> Um, and that's what I did yesterday on the panel, which was amazing. So it was nice to have that, like you said, you can have that perspective of how everything happens and then, you know, be able to kind of think about what other people are bringing to the table and what they're talking about. So I appreciate that very much. Um, so this has been an interesting year. We're kind of in the tail, wrapping up into the tail end of 2023, obviously just before the launch of this year, you know, Gen AI became so prevalent in business and, um, technology just you know continues to evolve what i'm hearing you know you said at the beginning you love data and you're really involved in data and that and that type of thing and uh obviously you know data cloud and now you've got gen i coming into the space so you know as technology continues to evolve mature and enable what are some of the upcoming tech opportunities you see that you're seeing in market and that you're really excited about Oh, there's so much in that the space that's coming and, and it continues to kind of build that momentum in terms of timing ongoing. I find that fascinating. But from I think the the when I think about from a compelling benefit, if you will, of generative AI, it's really at the core is the enablement of organizations to automate specific tasks, to focus on, on time, which I think is really a critical component. How do we want to leverage our time and the resources we have in the most effective and efficient way? And more important, it's how did, does that also align to strategic objectives that you're trying to accomplish? So from, it's just, it's amazing how, how that explosion that has happened, right? Everything from content creation to all of the different tools, the idea creation, um, content planning. I mean, it goes on and the list goes on and on and on. There's just so many ways organizations can really 
sit back and look at how do I want to utilize this tool? How does that align to removing some of those lower value, if you will, activities that might not be as, as impactful and, and leverage some of the technology to offset that? So there's, you know, when I think about customer support, just as an example, the AI-driven chatbots and the virtual assists, I mean, they help reduce response time considerably. So as a consumer of those services, you're getting you're be getting better customer service. And like I said, the list goes, goes on and on, for everything from the development side in terms of reducing the amount of time that you need to have your developers doing some of the activities. Um, it's just, it's an amazing tool. And I think that we have to really be thoughtful. I've, I've heard a little clip and they said, if you're not using this technology because you're afraid of it, you're going to be left behind. So even if you might fear it or be uncertain about it, you definitely want to understand it. And I think that's really important. I think the major concern around using the generative AI tool is in particular those accessibility to from a public perspective. So is there potential for spreading misinformation? Is there harmful content? Um, so being thoughtful and cognizant of that, I think, is the flip side of the coin. But it's not a matter of one or the other. It's more about how do we find that balance? Mm, love that. And, you know, I'm hearing from so many CIOs about that, that you just you have to move forward with looking at it, how you can implement it. You know, how will better engage your customer and have better outcomes? You know, I think when you were talking about the airline industry, so many delays, flights, all of this stuff just to have that AI piece embedded in where, you know, it's more interactive and there's an opportunity for the, the end user to have a much more pleasant, successful, you know, uh, ability to communicate with that airline is gonna be super important and we're seeing it already being implemented in those ways. So I had a, we've talked a lot about leadership. So I just wanted to wrap up our, our discussion today to talk about, you know, leadership and alignment and leveraging leadership frameworks to lead teams. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, and just, yeah, how you're managing some of these frameworks to lead your teams? I'm always reading. I'm looking for opportunities to learn, to incorporate new thoughts, strategies, approaches, methodologies, and our, our world continues to change. So when we look at how do we lead five generations in the workforce, what does that need to, to comprise of? And I'm hearing more and more, I, I started reading some content in regards to, you know, the population and the extended uh, time frame now of a lifespan. And so how do we leverage even seniors in terms of making sure that they feel that they can contribute and there's different ways to do it. So just the world continues to change and, and status quo is, is not conducive. So, and that incorporates in every aspect, not just the technology, but how we lead people and, and how we think about workforce and our, our value proposition. So I'm a big believer, and I mentioned that before in terms of inclusivity, you know, trust, uh, transparency. Making sure that everyone has a voice and has that that psychological safety is a, is a big component, but it really comes down to knowing you know each individual learning um, what they're passionate about. Quite frankly, you know, we all have that, and sometimes we put as, as speaking from a from Jim Collins' book, we put the wrong people in the wrong seats, and when that happens, they come to work and they show up, and they don't show up their best selves. So how do we make sure? For me, it's always understanding what are you passionate about. How do we how do we find that means and ways to for for individuals, each individual, to really be able to contribute? And I've got multiple different examples of where that's happened. It just shifts the way that that people show up. And uh, I know you and I've talked a little bit about this, but recently I've um, 
in January, actually, Patrick Lencioni came out with his, his most recent book, which is called The Six Types of Working Genius. And so we've incorporated some of that into the way that we're, we're doing team dynamics. And it's, it's just been really great because it's really around getting work done, but it's also understanding what fills your tank, if you will, or what gives you that extra energy. And it's what you have is these are different gifts. You might be really great at some things you just do not enjoy doing. So how do you find that? And how do you make sure that people are energized and they're, they're fulfilled and they really enjoy what they do? So it's, it's, we all bring different, different gifts, as I call them, to the table. And how do we leverage that and make sure that they're incorporated into every day that we, everything that we do throughout the day? What a great way to end this uh, interview. Thank you so much, Rita, for joining us here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure speaking with you as always. Thank you. And if you're interested in listening to this video or other interviews, you'll find a link on cio.com front slash CA. Thanks again.